Hello and welcome to another episode of Our Generation On Air. My name is Alex Willemore and this week I am joined by Micah Chudley. I imagine quite a relieved Micah Chudley considering that KPR have secured their status in the championship for next season. Yeah, relief's a bit of an understatement, I think. I I don't even have to say it's documented all of us about two weeks ago all thought it was heading one way, didn't we? So um yeah, relief's definitely an understatement. Yeah. Um so you know, we get that win, one nil at Stoke. I think we mentioned it on the back end of last week's podcast. Just don't leave it in our hands for the final game of the season. Uh, because I don't want to be sitting at Loftus Road on Monday being incredibly nervous and to be yeah. fair they did the job and I think that is the sort of mantra of these last two games isn't it just get the job done by any yeah. means yeah yeah definitely um yeah perhaps not in the way people envisioned I'm sure <laughs> averaging what like 18 19 percent possession but I mean like you say really like at this stage of the season who cares like just get the points on the board and yeah the boys did the job so I mean I haven't actually watched the highlights well, I've seen There's a Lewis goal. There is not well, too many. Was, that was the point I was going to make. We obviously didn't do much with like our twenty percent possession, and by by and large, Stoke did nothing with the eighty percent that they had. It, it seems like a very dull game to watch. Yeah, it was. I watched it on the uh, the I follow the the Stoke version with a VPN in Bahrain. Um, <laughs> sorry, I should say I paid for it. I follow. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. You're definitely not a uh, Bahrainian Stoke fan. No, of course not. Um... They've, they've, you've probably convinced their like sort of marketing team that they've made an inroad into the Middle East now. Well, I mean, <laughs> if they had made an inroad into the Middle East, all it would have taken is about 45 minutes of watching that game to say, oh, I'm never watching Stoke play football <laughs> ever again. It was it was truly something. I'd I just remember watching it. The first half, I think we had one shot in the first half. Jamal Lowe's just like had a shot pretty much just for the sake of having a shot. Um, and I remember seeing the possession stats at half time, and it was, I think it wasn't quite 80% at that point, but it was it was in the late 70s. And I just remember thinking, it doesn't feel like Stoke have actually had the ball that much. Yeah. Like it was just like they had nothing. I'm not trying to take anything away from um the result or the performance, but Stoke just, it's just awful. It's terrible. I mean, uh, you didn't watch the game, did you? No, I was uh, in London. I didn't, I mean, I, I was hoping, <laughs> I was really hoping that we'd stay up. I was like, I don't don't really want to watch this, to be honest. <laughs> it was, it was a really bad game of football. They, um, they Can had you a believe gut. that Alex Neil left Sunderland for Stoke? At this crazy, point? isn't it? It's a bonkers crazy. decision. It's crazy, and I mean, like, if you thought the like atmosphere is, was toxic at QPR at Stoke, like there was barely anyone in the ground for that last game. That lap of honour they'd done at the end, I'm pretty sure there was more QPR fans in the ground than Stoke fans at that point, and. Yeah, it's it's weird. Those those clubs, yeah, that us and Stoke and Cardiff that were kind of in the Premier League at the early part of the last decade and have kind of found themselves in the championship at the end part. We all seem to be stuck in this rut, don't we? Mm. Well, I was going to say, like, Stoke can probably look into the 
look at our season now and sort of see like a little glimmer of Stoke's future, perhaps, you know. Yeah, potentially. I mean that's a worrying yeah. thing for them, but yeah. I mean I mean we, we don't really know yet and perhaps never will the ins and outs of what really has gone on in the past 18 months or so at QPR. So, you know, it, it may not be as drastic as ours, but I mean, just watching them, the crowd reaction, it, it proper reminds me of um, our last season under McLaren, mm-hmm. where everybody was just fed up with each other. Fans were fed up with the, the players, the club, um, didn't seem to be going in any real direction. It, it feels like that for, for Stoke. And yeah, I mean, not that we're much better at the moment, but... It, it was it was really something. It was really something to watch on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, how did you feel when we secured the our status? Because when uh we had I had Steve on this podcast a couple of weeks ago, sort of saying I don't think anyone's gonna celebrate on the final game or the second to last game or if we ever sort of clinch yeah. our status, it will just be a sort of okay, job done, let's leave and forget about this for the time being. So what what was the sort of feeling when when full time was uh broadcast through your Bahrain stream? <laughs> um first of all, it was the uh just to get this out of the way, the Stoke commentator supposedly had been commentating for 40 years on Stoke games, and that was his last game he commented on on Saturday. And the final whistle. <laughs> <laughs> this was really this was really funny. The other commentator was like congratulating him on 40 years. And he says, like, how do you feel this is your last game? And he was just like, based off watching that, thank God it's my last game. <laughs> <laughs> he was miserable. So, <laughs> so my initial reaction was laughter. Um, <laughs> um to echo your point, it really it, it felt like la- last week was the one. Because I hear what Steve was saying and I listened, I was listening to the pod the week he was on and I hear what he's saying in terms of no one will really celebrate. But I think Burnley, I celebrated it because it was just so unlikely. Yeah. This week when it was confirmed, I kind of just felt like Reading are useless anyway. So I just had a feeling it didn't matter what we did in the last two games. Um, But there was that element of, oh, it's done. And then it was looking at the top six and then looking at Luton in the top six, Coventry in the top six, Blackburn, Millwall in and around it, um, and thinking, wow, we've like beaten those teams that comfortably one or two times over the past two years. Like we've made light work of a couple of those teams. And like, you know, for us to be where we are, it's nice that we've stayed up for sure, but it just feels like such a missed opportunity, man. Like mm. it really does. And I hate to be the the you know the depressing guy like but it's just I think that it's a dose of realism that is going to taint sort of any sort of feeling that we have at the moment isn't it let's be honest um I I kind of I I wasn't thinking about that on Saturday and I haven't really thought about it since but you're absolutely right this is a missed opportunity season God knows what it's going to be like next year I mean mm. looking at the top looking at the Premier League you've got the potent you've got some Southampton pretty much definitely coming down. Um, I imagine they would be up, you know, near about, depending on, they, they could at least get some money from Ward Prowse. They're going to have the parachute payments. They've been in the Premier League for a long time. They yeah. will probably 
go straight back up again. You've got the. Yeah, they've got some players got... as well that have done well in the champion. Like they've got Adam Armstrong, Nathan Teller, who's on loan at Burnley. They'll have mm-hmm. a really solid championship yeah. squad. They've. You've also got Everton there. I mean, they can if they want to throw money around. The, the the only thing with Everton is that usually when they throw money around, they get it wrong. So yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, but even yeah, but even, even so, still, like, you I have assume to, I shall stay. Yeah, you only so, have to sort of get it half right when you're that rich. Yeah, and it exactly. works. Look at um, Watford. So. Yeah, and then also you've got the other relegation spot, which I'm certain will be filled by Chelsea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great, wouldn't it? I would love that. It, it, you know what? A couple of weeks ago, I had a thought about Chelsea going down as a joke. And then I looked at the table and I thought, well, there's a slim chance. And then they've gone on this awful run, haven't they? Yeah. And it, this is going way off piste for a, a QPR podcast. But it is really enjoyable. And they've actually got two incredibly important games. I think they've got Leicester and Forest. Yep. If they lose them, like they've been losing all their other games, they've then got to play City, United and Newcastle. It might all be over. And you know what? <laughs> There's a chance that by the time it reaches that final game, they actually need to win to stay in the Premier League. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. So it's crazy. Six hundred you know, mil spent as well. I and I was actually uh, speaking to a friend who's unfortunately afflicted by being a Chelsea fan the other day, and they've actually kind of gone through a very similar season to us. You know, they started yeah. off with. A manager that they liked, that they, that was sort of, you know, doing a decent job. Then he leaves in a cloud of sort of confusion and disagreement and stuff like that. Mm. They bring in a promising young manager who probably mm-hmm. should do better than he did. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work. Panic. Bring in a club legend. Yeah. Yeah, the only the only difference is the six hundred million. <laughs> yeah, it's weird that when you put it like that. Um, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I'm hoping they come down. I, I am hoping. That being said, the championship is made up of Chelsea lonely, so I'm sure they'll be all right. They come down, but um, crazy, it's crazy. Yeah. But the the point is that as with every season, you know, you you you've got all these teams coming down that are loaded with money, basically. And even if they aren't rich by Premier League standards, they'll be rich by championship standards. Um, And that will create, I think, next season, uh, a league that will be a little bit harder to get promoted from because you're still going to have Watford. You're still going to have Norwich. You're going to have, you know, those playoff sides. If Coventry don't go up, I think that they'll go again next season because they've got a good enough yeah. side. Unless they get, you know, uh, their players cherry pick from them. Well, kind I of think the same for Luton. Go, yeah, if they don't go up, I imagine Coventry will get like a, a decent chunk of money for Gyokeres, won't they? Yes. So they'll, 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 I'm sure they'll be back in the mix. Um, yeah, it's hard to tell. I mean, every every year we get told the championship's going to be more competitive than ever. And I think this year was just dross. I'm respectfully to those respectfully to those teams up there. This is just a bang average championship this year. Um, I don't know. Next year might be the same next year. I mean, there's some quality coming up from League One as well. So I, I suppose we won't really know the landscape until we know what our squad's going to look like. Yeah. 
I mean, you make two good points there. I mean, one, you got Plymouth coming up, you got Ipswich coming back into the league as well for the first time in a couple of years. Um, mm. But I'm pretty sure most fans in the Championship would have looked at who's coming up and would have gone, "Oh, I actually, quite fancy Plymouth away." You know, that seems like yeah, a, you know, that's definitely been said a few times. And yeah, also, yeah, yeah go on. sorry, just just as a point, it's just good to have some Southern teams back in the Championship and like. <laughs> I'm going to sound like a terrible fan here, but away days up north just don't interest me like at all. It's the Sorry. same trip every time. It's just depressing. It's just yeah. depressing going up there. Sorry to anybody that's from up north, but it's just... I mean, yeah. Mike is also from Bristol, so up north is majority of the country. Well, yeah, as we found out this week, up north is Wales. Yeah. Also, the point about our squad, that's, you know, we will go through in detail who we want and to leave and who we want to keep from next week um, when the season actually comes to an end and, you know, you can fairly judge them on a complete season. But you're going to have a lot of loans departing. Mm-hmm. What on earth does our squad look like next year? I mean, the crucial thing is, you know, what are we going to be doing transfer-wise? Is it going to be a revert to type and just give Ainsworth whatever he wants? Because, you know, he's kept us up now. But don't forget, a couple of weeks ago, there was, you know, stories being speculated about a new manager being, you know, picked from next season that we weren't going to carry on with Ainsworth. So if there's already those sort of rumours existing should we be giving Ainsworth what he wants or have we brought him in to sort of like, you know, he, he maybe he knows a bit more of the talent pool in League One. I don't know. What what's what do you think? Yeah, I mean, like, you... you it's having this discussion with somebody, like, to an extent, I suppose the manager needs to have an influence on the recruitment. Um, But, I mean, like, the, the I say the recent history of QPR, the, the middle to long-term history of QPR, if you want to go right back, to Mark Hughes is that once you give the manager what he wants completely, you're in trouble. Um, you know, to, to hear some of the quotes that he's come out with that, oh, I've got these players in mind or, oh, I'll be talking to the board about this and that does concern me a little bit. It does concern me a little bit because like you say, he's already under pressure somewhat, fairly or unfairly, you can decide. Um but I mean, you know, we gave Mick Bill all his players three three weeks, three weeks, three months later he was gone. Like we we give Ainsworth all these players, and he sort of starts bringing in, and we don't really know to be fair what type of players he'll bring in because he didn't really have much of a budget at Wickham. But if he starts bringing in players that, you know, are of a certain style, are of a certain age, um, we sack him, and then we just go a completely different direction in October you're going to have the same situation that you had for the best part of the 2010s where you got Hasselbank with a Chris Ramsey squad or you got Ian Holloway with a Hasselbank squad or you got McLaren with <laughs> whatever players you are left for him to play because the parachute money's gone. Yeah, I am a little concerned, I would say. Would you also be concerned about the style of play that we've seen in the last couple of weeks? Or is that something that you think is just... A little bit of a storm in the in a teacup. That it's just this is that those yeah. last two games in particular were just to sort of keep us up. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was really like 
he stripped everything down to the bare minimum. It's like, how am I going to get a result? Like, we've tried everything else. How am I going to get a result? I can't imagine that we're going to play with 19% possession over 46 games. I hope we're not anyway. I think, as, as Dan will attest to, we're not a great pressing side. We're not really a side that's ever really had a great pressing structure. We kind of used to just put Amos in behind Dykes. I remember early days, um, second season Warburton, we just put um, Amos in behind Dykes and be like, those two will run. You know, <laughs> we don't really have to worry about a pressing structure. So I think what I, we've seen a lot of us just completely like stand off Stoke, stand off Burnley, even stand off Norwich to an extent. Um, and then when they get near the box, then we'll kind of go and tackle them. Um, and I think that's really just needs must. I just I can't see him doing that over forty six games. Do you think we've seen the true sort of style of what he wants a QPR side to play as yet? I only ask because it feels like in some games, obviously you've got that six one loss where things kind of go completely out the window. You've yeah. got the the performance before that game against Watford, where it's you know really fighting for everything, battling. You're going li- to be borderline fighting the opposition you know there is so much anger in that performance it was it felt like a real determined thing and typical QPR they can only muster up that for one week and then it was sort of like revert back to the pathetic the week after (laughs) and I just think you know there's a tendency for people to say that he's a long ball manager Um, you've seen these really sort of sit off games last couple of weeks where we just sort of try and take what chances we get against Burnley and Stoke. Yeah. Do you think we've seen exactly what he wants from us yet? No, not really. I, I don't like some of the hoofball accusations either because we're not really like playing long ball, really. Like yeah. there's there's direct football and we are hitting it, but we're not really just like pinging it. We don't have enough of the ball <laughs> <laughs> to, play, to play long ball football. No, and I mean, if you if you look at the if you look at the Stoke goal, it's actually really well worked. It's a really well worked goal from. We basically go from left to right. Irabunum and Dykes do really well. Um, I just don't think we have. I mean, you know, I, I might be wrong. I might be wrong. You know, we might we might go into the first game of next season with twenty percent possession, and he's talking about it's an improvement from nineteen. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> So what do you think of Ainsworth so far? Obviously, he's achieved what he set out to do probably a bit later than they would have hoped. But, um, you know, there there was that sort of, you know, before the Burnley game, I noticed there was a lot of revisionism on Critchley on Twitter. You know, there's a lot of people. Yeah, and I think, you know, just so funny because it's amazing what a couple of weeks will do for someone's reputation. Um. Just go back and watch the Sunderland game at home. If you yeah. if you genuinely thought Critchley was the guy for QPR, go back and watch the Sunderland game at home. I think the points comparison is a bit unfair on Ainsworth as well. Because I, I, I think there's a bit more sort of certain players seem to be behind him a lot more than they were Critchley. And that's bad enough, sure. I think. Um, but watching those Critchley games, especially towards the end, if you thought that sticking with him was the right decision at that time, then you weren't really watching <laughs> what was taking was happening on the pitch because it, we were listing towards one thing and that was relegation. I mean, we were in a relegation fight at that point, no matter what anyone says about it, that you could sort of take the table out of contention because if you probably put it in the form table, 
Well, I think we'd have been bottom. I think we still oh, are for bottom. Sure. But... For sure. Like what? Two from t- you got one from fourteen, wasn't it? Critically, yeah. or one from thirteen? Like, I mean, don't get the... me wrong. I'm sure he's 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 a decent manager, a talented coach. I'm sure, but like. For whatever yeah. reason, players didn't want to get behind him. Whether it, whether it's because he wasn't a good speaker, whether it's because he was best mates with the manager that just ditched him, I don't know. But it it was going one way, like you said. Yeah. Um. So, what do you think of Ainsworth then, and his performance so far? Hard to judge him so far. I mean, he he's done what he come in to do. Hard to judge him so far. I think a lot of people have got narratives and agendas that. You know, they decided before he come into the club. Um, so it's for those people, it's hard to really say to him, Oh no, there's this, there's that. Um, on the other hand, I think there's people because he's a club legend that have just decided that you know, whatever he does is going to be the right thing for QPR. Um, for me, it's like we, we're not going to know till next season. Like, this isn't this is he hasn't had a window. This is far from any of his Wickham teams. I'm not sure what type of football he plays ideally, but I'm not quite sure this well, this squad definitely isn't set up to go man for man. It's definitely not set up to press for 90 minutes. So it's it's really hard to tell until next season. But the the, the stuff I've heard around culture, building a culture, needing leaders, needing generals, I like that because I think yeah. we have we've been missing that, haven't we, for years, QPR. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely and it, it, if that means sort of like Chris Martin sticking around for another season and not necessarily featuring in every game but perhaps having a, a bit of a roll off the bench then I don't mind that it also yeah, means that, upset about that yeah because I, I, I think he's been quite he's been quite good Chris Martin you yeah, just have does. to be you, you have to be wary about the sort of like it is the Charlie Austin sort of thing, isn't it? Sort of like, is he going to fall off a cliff with his performances? Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think Martin plays the game in the way that Austin does. I think Martin sort of had a pretty... For the last couple of years, he's known exactly what his role is going to be mm. in the team he plays in, doesn't he? I also I also don't think he's going to be on anywhere near the wages that Charlie Austin was on, or reportedly no. on. Um, so, I, I, you know, if you keep him around, that's fine. It also means that there's, you know... As I said last week, we know his gremlins. <laughs> uh, which I'm is a saying. Um, <laughs> which is a saying. Thank you to analytics, Steve. Yeah, <laughs> crucial <laughs> analytic work there. Um, That's why Ben's not on this week. He didn't he's, want to he's wrong. Not, I didn't wait. <laughs> um, but it does mean that, you know, in, in reality, when we come to actually doing sort of like the serious wider recruitment from other clubs and stuff, then that's one less position for the striker to feel. You know, it's not going to work doing Dykes and Martin again throughout the whole season. That would be a stupid thing to do. There has to be at least one, if you know, if you're not going to bring through Kelman or Armstrong or whatever, and really they should probably be out on loan again next season, especially Armstrong. Um, might be a controversial one, but in the night, in the you know, he needs to be getting regular game time. We said that earlier in the season, didn't we? He can't just yeah. be sort of in and out of the squad every other week. He needs to be playing football. So, yeah, if you're going to bring um, in another another player with the view of them being there beyond this beyond next season, which Martin won't be probably, then that feels that sort of allows a space naturally for Kelman or Armstrong to 
grow into. But yeah, I I I do want because I've seen a lot of talk about strikers. I do wonder what people are thinking we should bring in as type of striker because if if the next generation of QPR is Armstrong or Kelman, do we really? Or, um, what's the name? Cabango. He's like yeah, seven foot one. Carb, yeah, he looks like a proper Ainsworth strike. He probably yeah. needs a loan. I think there's, there's Alfie Lloyd as well, who did quite well easily. But, you yeah. know, like every QPR player has unfortunately got injured and is now having surgery, I think. So this season's over. And, um, and, you know, as well, you have to caveat that by saying it is non-league football as well. Yeah, it is non-league football, but I'd, I I I would say as well the Bristol City youngsters that everyone goes on about were also non-league loans. They right. they went to Bath City and Yeovil, so you know sometimes it really is just about getting a bit of game time under your belt. But just just the wider point, if people really do want to see Armstrong or Alfie Lloyd or Hamzad Cargbo, why are people suggesting signing 23, 24 year old strikers? Like surely, surely it makes sense to have a Chris Martin who is probably on the way out, but also at the same time isn't going to block the pathway for someone for the next four or five years. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's look at this weekend then. Um, well, actually not this weekend. This Bank Holiday Monday, we have Bristol City. Bristol City. Yeah, that's right. right. Um, there's nothing on the game. I would quite like to see some changes. Um, you know, you're going to be saying some goodbyes to players. I understand. You might, you know, you might be saying goodbye to some players that you don't know yet, yet are leaving. But you would imagine yeah. that work's going to be going. There's probably a good chance that chair, if there's an offer in for him, then he would go as well. Um, pretty much all of the loans, I would say. Wow. Um, if if rumours are to be believed, apparently not all of them. What rumours are you referring to? Your good friend, um, Tyler. Oh, Roberts. yeah, that one. That if we do, that would just be such a joke. It really would. Play the would it be a joke fit. because? Would it be a joke because you don't? You're not convinced by him as a player, or because you're going to keep getting Tyler Richards and Taylor Rob, Tyler Roberts. There yeah, it's yeah. not that easy, is it? There it is. Send him back. Send both of them back. Send so them back. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is a little bit answer A, a little bit answer B. Um. Yeah. I don't. I think when you've had a player so inconsistently fit throughout the season, you cannot be offering him a contract. Um, and the thing is, as well, we knew that he was like that prior to the loan, so it's not exactly been a surprise that he's beat, had a lot of injuries, and it's disappointing for him career-wise. But I don't. I think when you've got limited money, you can't be spending it on. Players like him that are so injury prone. A Sam Field who can get better, that's fine. But you've seen firsthand like what happens with him. And you just mm. can't can't you cannot risk money on him, unfortunately. Mm. Mm. Let get let him go to Norwich. They'll pay him millions. <laughs> um who do you want to see come into the side this Saturday? Uh ooh. I wouldn't mind seeing um Dixon Bonner. I wouldn't yeah. mind seeing him play because I think along the same lines as Roberts, you can't keep Amos. Like I, I really like Luke Amos when he's fit and firing, but it's so few and far in between, right? I think 
Dixon Bonner is a is kind of a natural replacement. Um, he who shall not be named. Who was well, he might he might be. Team. You don't you don't know. You've never seen him play football. Well, yeah, there we <laughs> there we go. But he who shall not be named that was manager at the start of the year. He was very high on him, saying that he's he's going to come in and be a Luke Moss type player and whatnot. So I think. You know, if he comes in and he takes the championship football well, you know, we save ourselves a little bit of money probably on transfer fees and wages, bringing him in. So I'd like to see him. Um, I, I don't know what's gone on with the two of them, but I'd like to see Willock one last time. I'm going to be at the game. Um, the first game I went to this season was the, the Middlesbrough game at home and he scored that just unbelievable goal. That's going to be goal of the season. Um it's sad the way it's ended. Really mm. sad the way it's I because I can't see him staying. Um so it'd be nice to see see him one last time, I suppose. Um yeah, that's probably it. I mean, there's a couple youngsters that have done well in the 23s that I wouldn't mind seeing off the bench, I suppose. But yeah, yeah, probably it. I say it every week, but we see a little bit of Richards. <laughs> If if Does the worry is is if the worry is that he's not sort of like oh he's a bit sort of lax and the games are too high risk to be playing a player so relaxed then play him in this game give him like a real opportunity in this game start him or bring him on yeah. in the second half and give but him enough time we have to go all in on him because it's clear he's the chair slash Willock replacement so we have to go we have to go all in on him at some point I think this is the absolute perfect time to do that so um. Lastly, a prediction for a scoreline. Who cares? No, I'm joking. Um, 4 0 QPR, sudden last minute realization of good football. <laughs> what, and Willock signs a new deal, does he? Afterwards, I don't know. But they, they, these sort of games do sign up, kind of sometimes end up in those sort of really weird scorelines. Like you'll get Birmingham score five or something like that against. Yeah. I remember. First year we came down, we had Bristol City on the last day and I went to that game. And I don't know if anybody remembers this, but Carl Henry scored a screamer. Yeah. I think it was the only goal he scored for us, an absolute screamer. So, yeah, like if we get that off, I don't know, Johansson on, on Saturday, I'll take I'll take a 1-0. I'll say 1-0 QPR. 1-0. OK. Um, what about you? Oh, 4-0, uh, of course. 4-0, <laughs> is it? Who's scoring? Dykes on four. Dykes hat-trick. Um, and then uh, Sunny Dieng. Sunny Dieng. Sunny Dieng to get a second goal. Set piece specialist, Sunny Dieng. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you laugh now, but when it happens, I'll be, and we record this podcast next week, I'll be... Uh, yeah, I'll come find you. Are you going on, on Monday? Uh, yeah, I am. Well, yeah, if he scores, I'll come find you afterwards. I'll buy you a drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's quite nice to go to football again and just sort of go for no re- Just you're going for the football. There's no nothing riding on it. I don't know yeah. what the weather's going to be like, but you know we'll have a few beers and just enjoy the football. Yeah, forget this season ever happened. Yeah, right. Let's wrap it up here, uh, Micah. Thanks for coming on. Um, we have probably got about two more episodes of this to go before we let you um do other things for the summer and uh yeah to do obviously (laughs) uh 
thank you everyone for listening uh you can follow both of us on twitter you can follow our generation on twitter you can leave a review um i think in app on apple and on spotify you know give us five stars it's a nice thing to receive and you can also make a review on chartable.com um apart from that thank you very much for listening until next time come on you ask